Hey everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fanfiction. Each episode, typically the three of us each bring a fic to discuss, but this is a special format episode. We are back with installment two of our four-year consideration series. Reed, do you want to tell us what that means? Sure. If you're unfamiliar completely with our series, a fandom classic is kind of what it sounds like on the tin. It is a fic within a particular fandom that has withstood the test of time that really stands out in that particular fandom or perhaps a particular ship. Um, For Your Consideration is a spinoff of that, mostly for newer fics, I think, fics that maybe haven't had as much time to attain a fandom classic status yet, but that we personally feel it should, that these fics should also be up there in the halls of fame with other fandom classic fics, maybe fics that are good like intros to a fandom, um, and also is sometimes just a way for us to be able to talk about longer fic that we really like. But it does, it is standing out or doing something very particular within, again, the fandom or perhaps the ship that it is representing. For this particular episode, Brenna is the one who pitched this fic as our four-year consideration fic. So Bren, why don't you tell us about it? Yes, I would love to. Um, so the four-year consideration for this episode is Maybe the Truth by Ace 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 Ace. This is a fic for the K-pop group Shiny, and the relationship is between Choi Min-ho and Kim Kibum. Um, This is a 54K canon verse fic that covers pretty much their entire careers, which they just celebrated their 15th anniversary as Shiny, so they've been together as a group for quite a while. Um, this fic is both a four-year consideration for the ficlets who are listening who may not have read this or be familiar with shiny fic and fandom and also for my co-hosts who I knew had not read this fic and not read a lot of shiny or minky fic in general I don't think Nick had read really any and I know Reed's read a few um, I read the one that we did for the pod yes <laughs> that's so it. true yes <laughs> Um, I read this fic about six months ago, I think. I Time has escaped me and is somewhat meaningless so it could have been a little bit longer than that but somewhere around I think the beginning of the year um oh that would have been like eight months ago geez okay <laughs> well you know don't take what I have to say as truth maybe the truth <laughs> maybe is that you read it six months yeah, ago yeah <laughs> I think it was longer than that actually anyway um I it was sort of late to the game being a Shaol, which is a, a fan of Shiny. Um, it's short for Shiny World, um, which is the fandom name. <laughs> uh, I am somewhat baby Shaol, although I think it's been like a year now, so I guess I'm less baby than some people are. Um, I really got into them sort of in their post-enlistment era once Taemin was back from enlistment, um, which was the last member to have to serve his military duty. Um, I got into their music first and then started watching variety stuff, and then I read this fic, and I was like, oh my god, I love this. This is like my shiny, like, history text. <laughs> 
Um, and also my Minky Bible. Um, it is not, I, I do want to make it clear that while this fic does cover the majority of their career and take a lot from what's actually happened in the real world, like Ace, 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 Ace is not trying to say this is what happened. Um, so when I say that it's my shiny history text, I just mean that I have accepted a lot of this at, into like the fanon of my own head. Um, not that all of it is actually historically accurate, although there definitely are things that reference um, moments in their career that that did happen. Um, so as I mentioned, this fic follows uh, Minho and Ki, and then also the other members throughout their careers thus far. It begins slightly pre-debut and goes up until the present day in 2022. Um, every chapter happens like every two years. Uh, and we get to sort of see the unfolding of them as shiny and then also their relationship over the years and like an eventual getting together. This is very much like a character study fic, I would say, and like a sort of very slow burn um, getting together uh, canon compliant work. So for content warnings, I have a couple smaller ones and then one bigger one. For the smaller ones, there is some canon typical like real world societal homophobia that's presented and some internalized homophobia as a result of that. It's pretty minor, but it does come up a couple times. There is also a scene with self-harm. This is tagged for in the chapter that it exists in. Um, so if you read the tags at the top of the chapters, you will know which one contains this if you need to skip that. Um, we're probably also not really going to discuss that aspect much here on the pod. The one larger content warning that we are going to include in our discussion um, is the canonical passing away of the member Junghyun. Um, if you are familiar with Shiny, you probably already know what happened. Um, if you are not, I will just say that in 2017, Junghyun did die of suicide, um, and it was obviously very hard for the members and the fans. Um, the members have continued to work together at Shiny um, and have very much said publicly that they'd like for fans to remember the good parts of Junghyun's life and legacy and not just sort of like the sad, saddest moment of his life. Um, so his passing away does happen in this fic, um, although it is off screen, the sort of year chapters do skip over that year. Um, but obviously the grief is dealt with by the members uh, within the text of this fic, and we will be discussing that aspect of it, um, as well as him as a member of Shiny. If that's too hard for you to listen to, we completely understand. Do not feel pressured to listen to this discussion if that is a sensitive topic, or to read this fic if that's a sensitive topic, we completely understand. Um, but he is a person who existed within Shiny and did wonderful things with them, and so we are going to talk about him within the context of this fic, but also the grief that the other members experience due to his loss. Alright, so with that being said, we do need to do an actual proper intro. This fic kicks off with shiny members in their trainee days, and the first point of conflict between Minho and Ki is that Minho got street scouted, and Ki had to audition five times. So, lads, should we discuss what it would take for us to be in an idol group, and what we think our roles and life would be like? Yeah, it wouldn't take much. I'm an air sign ficlets. Um, I've been getting really into astrology lately. It's one of my <laughs> new talents and skills. Um and what I've learned is that if you're an air sign, you really like attention. So I just did a pose you couldn't see because it's <laughs> audio only podcast, but I did. Um, especially if I was younger and I like really wanted to go for it. I don't think it would take a whole lot. If you ask me right now at 
age 28, then I would really have to think about it. Oh my god, 28, <laughs> shut the fuck up. This is why Both I was bracing at the same time. <laughs> Stop lying to our clips. This is, I was bracing because this Brent is, is like, like oh, like, what position or role would you have? And I was like, I, yeah, obviously Nick is going to say both that they're the leader, whatever, but also that they're the oldest. No, I'm the second oldest. I can accept this. Uh, can you? Because last time, Ficklist, this didn't make it into the episode, but <laughs> Brenna threatened to dropkick Nick into the ocean several times. And one of those was because Nick kept rolling back their birth year by like several years. They were like, well, I might as well just have been born. If Well, if it's going to be January, then it could just be like a whole year earlier and just go back and back and back. Yeah, I repent from those actions and I will instead, for the purposes of this, be utilizing my real birth year 1995. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I don't mean to dox anyone on our podcast, but the truth of the matter is that Reed and I are both 95s and Nick is All a 97. Three. No. no. Yeah. That doesn't seem don't right. Li- don't lie to me. That just doesn't seem right. I am the eldest. Stop lying. <laughs> you are the eldest, but only yeah. by a couple of weeks. Anyway, no, by a couple, the point of this. A couple of weeks. <laughs> the point of this. Um, really is that I think I would enjoy being famous to some degree when I was younger. Right now, it would take a lot. I think it would take first uh, a fair bit of money, like a lot of money. I would have to be around people I like. Uh, You would not catch me being an idol or just a celebrity in general now if I were not surrounded by cool folks. And I'd have to be the leader. I think I just if I'm in a group, that's just how it naturally goes. And so I need to maintain that natural order. Otherwise, I think I would really struggle. See, here's the thing. I am picturing the three of us as a group, which is a little bit small for an idol group, but that's okay. Um, in part because we already are the vibing boys. It's the separate mm, persona. We we have many talents and one of them is being a group that do- doesn't perform, but has a lot of no. aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> the channel in our house that is just vibing boys comeback plans where every sophomore like this would be a good solo or a group song and then nothing ever happens. Um, I think the reality is that we would be, and Nick can make themselves the leader name if that would make them feel better. Um, we would probably be one of those groups where like the, I, I guess, I guess technically if you want to say that there's a leader, sure. It would take a lot. Okay, being a K-pop <laughs> fan for many years now, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in that position. Oh boy, sometimes fans are good, but there's a lot of fans who, hmm, I just I just wouldn't want to deal with a lot of the aspects that come with being like a really, really public figure with like, I was going to say with really devoted fans, but that's not fair because we are all public figures with really devoted fans. But all of the ficlets are really chill, so that's fine. We're about as famous as K-pop idols. (laughs) We're not. We're we're close. Well, some. Well, maybe like a rookie who was shown once (laughs) who hasn't debuted. (laughs) Here's the thing. If I'm thinking about like younger me, like me being the age that like Minho and Ki, et cetera, were when they were SM trainees, I feel like younger me could have been more tempted into wanting a life of fame. Here's my secondary problem. I can't sing. I can't dance. I probably wouldn't have been street cast because what was I doing in high school that would have gotten me street casted? Um, So I don't really know what would get me to being an idol, but I do think if I was an idol, um, first of all, I would try to become rap line. I can't, I can't be a singer. That can't, I can't be a vocalist. That's never going to be my bag. Um, I guess I'll learn how to dance. I won't be great, but I'll do my best. You're the main dancer. I, well, yeah, you've made me the main dancer of the vibing voice mm-hmm. by default. Um, yeah. Because Brenna Rapper, Brenna Visual, Nick Brenna actually Rapper can Rapper. sing. Um, 
I'm also going to be rap line because like a dancer has to do something too. You have to have some lines. Am I the only singer? Well, if there's only three people Help. and there's your choices are vocal or rap, yeah. We're going to have to do it like, um, what's that song? Macklemore, Same Love, where it's like mostly rap, but then I sing. I don't know oh, if yeah, the yeah. example I Miranda Lambert. There's a lot of songs like that, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, sure. Ben and I can be Macklemore. Yeah. I can't change even if I try. Her original song for that was really good. She Keeps Me Warm, yeah. a banger. Um I was going to say, I feel like my role would be self-taught producer, but not one of the like powerhouse ones like a Chan or a Woozy. I'm just thinking about like becoming an editor off of sheer will of like somebody has to edit this podcast. I feel like <laughs> if I was like in, if I was in the Idolverse, I think I would like have the motivation to be like, I can be helpful and productive by learning production things. Yeah. If we make it a parallel to real life. It's like I started out being our producer, but then we released like Zim Zalabim and you're like, I have to do this. <laughs> Zim Zalabim is great. I don't know what you're talking no, about. It, Zim Zalabim is terrible. <laughs> Zim Zalabim, Zim, Zim Zalabim. And I will say that on record. <laughs> One of you has to be our lyricist, though, because it can't be me. Probably Ooh, Brenna. Okay. Yikes. I'm just going to buy songs. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, because here's what I'll say. I think if you if I was like 13 or whatever, an age where you would be 13, 15, somewhere in there um, where I would be going into a company, I could have seen myself auditioning in the way that some idols do or like their friend or their sibling wants to audition. <laughs> so they go with them. <laughs> um, like when Mark Lee's brother auditioned and then they chose Mark instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could, I'm not saying that like they would pick me, but I just, I feel like I'm someone who would have been like, oh yeah, like I'll go do this with you. I'm not expecting anything to come of it. Um, however, I do think I would have flunked out as a trainee and not debuted. I don't really have inherent talents in terms of singing, rapping, or dancing. I think I could have worked hard and learned some. Um, but honestly, I also had crippling anxiety from age 14 and could I have hacked it? I don't know. I also need a lot of like reassurance and praise. And I think like the idle environment where you're just constantly getting belittled and told that you don't work hard enough and that you're not skinny enough and that you don't look cute enough and that you need to work on everything might have killed my soul. And then I probably would have just needed to like quit and go to university instead, um, if we're being honest. Also, I am a white American girl who doesn't know Korean, so that would have made it hard. But, you know, um, <laughs> in this hypothetical universe, I guess that doesn't matter as much. Um, yeah. But I, I genuinely don't know that I could have made it to debut. Um, what if you had got on Girls Planet? Girls Planet, I think I would I would have just like cried in the bathroom every night. But that could have gotten you sympathy and fans. Mm. Yeah, or they would have been just like, this girl needs to suck it up and work harder. You don't know. Like, it's really hard to know how people are going to react. True. Um, it's I the think edit. Be, I think it would be really tough. Like, yeah. Um, so to be honest, I don't think I would have made it in the industry. And hopefully I would have gotten out before I like really suffered emotionally and mentally from it um, and just yeah. could live a normal life doing something else. I'm like pushing too tall at 6'1". There's some tall. You're not 6'1". Oh, oh. oh my God. <sighs> I think what would be cool though is if I had been like a trainee and then I went to live a normal life. If any of my trainee friends got really famous and then I'm just like working in a bookstore, but I like know... These like famous idols, that, that'd be really chill. I'd love that. 
Yeah. I do want to take a minute for the ficlets who don't know anything about K-pop. I'm so sorry about how incomprehensible this conversation <laughs> probably is. <sighs> I was going to say, I do like that in the lore of the Vibing Boys, um, Brenna started out as our manager, but now is in the Vibing Boys. So I kind of like that in this narrative that she's crafted, maybe like you were a trainee <laughs> and then you were like, never mind. But then you switched to being like inside the company. But then for yeah. some reason, they needed to put we're you back so cool in a group. We're so cool and nice. <laughs> this is like if... When, like, okay, if we're talking about shiny, this is as if Onu had recently had to step away for some medical reasons. It's as if they put Nam Isu, their manager, <laughs> in to Onu's place <laughs> and said, go forth. Yeah, and when Onu came back, he stayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Ugh. Oh, Ficklets, I, I would like to, we never do this, but I do have a thing I need to do, which is, like, you know how in magazines they'll make like a retraction at the beginning of the episode oh. <laughs> the, ugh, the main character of kissable lips is named junho it's not hojun his name is hojun in the other drama that he acts in it's the same actor who i'm a fan of and hojun and junho are also like the same name backwards so ugh, you cannot blame me for being confused blame reed for getting it wrong in the first place pasty was so supportive um, pasty was like i'm so proud of you for and getting it was wrong. a mistake yeah. See if I ever validate you again. <laughs> it just makes me look like a fool. The one and so only time. Less, I'm sorry. I would like to tell you that I have now watched three episodes of Kissable Lips with Nicole. And you loved it's, it. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know it it's going to be bad because you called me Nicole. <laughs> yeah, so true. Um, it's like watchable. I, I feel like I can watch almost anything. I've watched some really bad shows in my time. I could have watched the rest of it, honestly. Um, our you other friend could. was like, I'm done now. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to watch it on my own. It was a lot more fun with people. The CGI blue eyes are wild. They're and so the ending is unhinged. I don't understand it. This is so funny. I didn't realize that you had watched some Kissable Lips because... Yeah, well, you two like were two hanging out ago. with one of our friends. I was separately in a different place hanging out with some of our other friends. And one of them did make me watch Jiwoon Kissing Boys. But I asked, I said, is this one Kissable Lips? And then she went, no, this is the good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I watched Kissable Lips. Um, it was only like a five second I didn't realize clip. that part of the reason it's called Kissable Lips is because when <laughs> Jiwoon the vampire feeds from people, <laughs> he like bites their lips to like feed, not Why? their neck. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he like kisses I mean, I them guess and like, then he comes away and there's blood all over them. I guess no. his lips do bleed a lot. Like, so maybe it's like more of an efficient <laughs> place than your neck. I love I don't that know. you're like... <laughs> coming up with justifications for this lore and one of the worst shows ever produced yeah well it's unhinged so i don't know highly I recommend you can watch it for free on vicky well the three of us made every debut but shiny did which was good for everyone including author ace ace who wrote this banger of a fic that we are now going to talk about Okay, so I already explained a little bit about how I came to this fic. Um, I picked this because I think it's just an excellent canon verse fic. It's a little bit longer than what we normally discuss, so I wanted to be able to give it its own time. I had also had two other friends read this fic and have very similar reactions to me of really loving it, the characterization, and feeling like it made them want to read even more shiny and minky fic. These are friends who were already rather shallow. Um so I've just been waiting for an opportunity to talk about this. I think this does canon 
compliant or like canon verse fic in the way that I love to read canon verse fic. Um, I love the Minho characterization. It is a Minho POV. And I think this is just like really sensitive uh, to the various characters and to what Shiny has been through while also exploring this alternate sort of telling of their career. Um, I just absolutely loved it. I loved it on a reread. I would highly recommend this fic to anyone who is getting into shiny, is getting into shiny fic, is getting into being minkiest, or just into being Shaol in general and you like RPF. Um, so those are the reasons I wanted to bring it as a for your consideration. Um, before we get into more of like the fic itself, my co-hosts, what was your reading experience like with this? Yeah, I liked it. This fic is my The River and the Deep Green Bend in the sense that it had been recommended to me multiple times, but I figured Brenna would find a way to bring it eventually. <laughs> so I didn't read it until now. Um, I loved this. It has so many elements that I love in a canon compliant story. I think this is such a tender and like genuine look at how you make like a labor of love out of a group that you support or a piece of media that you care about so much. It's such like a a beautiful product of what is obviously a deep, deep, deep dive into this group. And I love that a lot. I think that it's really well written. I like the prose a lot. I think it flowed super well. I have a lot to say about the structure. I think the author made a lot of really smart choices about the way this fic is put together and the decisions they made around what to show and what not to show. It covers a ton of time, all the way from pre-debut up to the present when this fic was published, which I believe was last year. Um, and I just enjoyed it deeply. Am I shawl? Not necessarily, um, but that's fine. And I think I still was able to get so much out of this and enjoy it. The characters felt very real and round and like you could root for them, but they were also deeply imperfect as people are. And this definitely is a new entry into my kind of favorite idol verse, like canon compliant K-pop fix. So that's my overview. Thank you. Yeah, I also really liked this. Um, similar to Nick, I was just kind of waiting to read it uh, for when it was brought to the pod. Um, <laughs> I am baby shawl, shawl adjacent. I don't know, I'll call myself a baby shawl. I don't know. I've been sort of like tentatively following Brenna into the pastures of shiny, um, and yeah, this fic had been recommended to me mostly by her, but also by our um, same mutual friends. And I had been told by those friends that it was kind of this like seminal worker that really shaped sort of the, especially I guess the landscape of Minky fic. There's not a lot of it out there as far as I understand. There's not a ton of shiny fic in relation to other K-pop groups, but I think the most popular pairing is um, Taemin and Kai from EXO. So... I don't know, knowing that this is like sort of one of the few minky wrecks that had kept coming up, I was like, I'll just wait until Brenna brings it. Um, and now I am glad that I have read it. I think a lot of my favorite parts of the fic are similar to my co-hosts. I thought the structure choice was really smart. The Minho POV was very good. It was like, it. it is a ship fic, but it is also very much a Minho character study. And I liked that very much. When Brenna was trying to sort of like entice me to follow her, into shiny world um because my history is to always follow Brennan into a fandom <laughs> um you sometimes follow nick that's true i do sometimes follow nick i feel like i'm my pattern though is it trends more in your favor mm -hmm. you follow me like by accident it's not usually on purpose <laughs> it just kind of suddenly happens and i'm like oh god you're here too <laughs> um but Brennan, one of the things you had said to me um and one of the things you found really compelling about shiny is that 
especially I think because they are further along in their career than other groups that we are currently following, is this idea of choice and that they have chosen each other over and over again through so many different parts of their life. Not only that they chose to be an idol in the first place, but to continue as shiny. Um, and I felt that so strongly in this fic, and I thought that was something that worked really well, especially again with the structure and like how we see them from pre-debut up to present. Um, that was just a really strong narrative or through line that I really enjoyed. So yeah, lots to talk about with this fic. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the things that compelled me towards being a fan of Shiny. Um, I mean, there are a lot of things. I really enjoy the members. I genuinely really enjoy a lot of their music, especially the stuff that's come out in the last couple years. And some of the solo stuff that's come out in the last couple years is so freaking good. Um, so that sort of got me enticed. But I think one of the aspects that I find really compelling about them as a group um is the aspect of choice. I think that's something that's very interesting to me when we look at different sort of band groups and beyond just K-pop. Um, I think there's often sort of this tension between what is sort of like destined and what is choice. And I think we've talked about this before with like canon verse fix, but I find it something that's just sort of endlessly interesting. And I think Shiny is one where you can really feel how much they've chosen this over and over. And they're a group that are obviously in a sort of unique position due to the tragedy that happened with them, um, which is something that I don't want to ignore because I think it's such a real part of their history and the history of them as members. Um, but I also don't want to like sensationalize it because I don't think that's fair to them or the fans or the memory of Jonghyun. So it's definitely something that we're going to be talking about. And I think it's hard to talk about Shiny as a group in present day and as a sort of four member group at this point in time without sort of talking about the legacy of them as a group. But yeah, I just find it really interesting that, you know, that they had this opportunity to choose to kind of go their separate ways. And, and not just at that point, obviously they've had multiple rounds of contract negotiations, just like with any idol group. Um, and they all do individual work as well. So there were plenty of times where they could have chosen to not be actively shiny um although who knows if sm would have let them get away with that <laughs> but they could have been less active as shiny and i think over and over they have chosen to remain intertwined with each other um and like talked about it too i don't know the thing that makes me the most emotional i think when they talk about being shiny is like how important that is to them and how they'll keep choosing that over other projects and opportunities um I don't know. And even when Taemin is like, I wish we could go back to like living in the dorms together and Minho and Ki are like, we'll kill each other and you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just makes me really sentimental. Um, and I think this fic does a really good job of showing both sort of like, well, okay, you've chosen to be in this group. So you're kind of in this group and you've got to cope with like how hard being an idol can be in a variety of manners but then also like you've chosen to be in this group and what you get is this kinship and brotherhood and love of these four other people in your life um and even when it comes to minho and ki's relationship it it very much feels like something that they keep choosing they are not people who like are easily compatible um and it's something that they have to choose to work on and choose to become friends and choose sort of to love each other in a variety of ways. And I just find that so endlessly compelling. 
Yeah, and I think especially if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're not super familiar with K-pop or you're very new to it or you only are into like one or two groups, um, I think it is important to note too how important Shiny as a group are to K-pop and to modern K-pop. They've been incredibly influential. Um, many of the kind of firsts of K-pop are attributed to them. Um, they've set a lot of trends. The fact that they're still promoting is genuinely a big deal. Um, they kind of came back after enlistment and are doing things together. Like Brenna said, the continual choosing of it and also I think the greater industry impact is important. And I think that's one piece of this story I really loved that we get to see the impact, but in such a humanized way through little, little moments over the course of a very long time. So I really appreciated that. Um, I also want to just touch on the structure of this fic. I know we'll talk about it later, um, but just so that we all are on the same page here, ficlets, if you haven't like read the fic or opened it. So it takes place from 2006 all the way up to 2022. And one way that the author chooses to break up all of these chapters and these scenes is by writing a chapter for every other year. So this story covers scenes from even years between 2006 and 2022. Um, fascinating choice. It's not one that I have seen authors really make before. Um, I feel like either you pick random years that like you want to write about arbitrarily, or you write every single one, even if some of them are super short. Uh, we have read some other stories that look at time like this. One that comes to mind is Like the Stars Right Here by Unconscious. Uh, that's a Stray Kids, also a K-pop fic that covers a lot of time and only hits certain years. But this story is so balanced. Each even-numbered year has about the same word count as the ones that came before and after it. And then we have an epilogue that very, very quickly runs through odd-numbered years from Kibum's POV. So you'll hear us talk about this, um, just so you know that's what we're referring to. Yeah, I feel like part of what made this such a clever choice is, um, like, the pacing of this fic always felt so good. And I think part of it, Nick, is what you were saying, that the chapters are more or less equivalent lengths. So you're really lingering in each moment of time and seeing how each bit builds on the previous years and how the relationships between people develop and how, yeah, I don't know, like, the, the course of Shiny is unfolding. I think especially, like, with a story where you are trying to I don't know how to say this, like builds the legacy of Shiny, like you were saying, that Nick, that they are such influential and central people in the world of K-pop. I think having an equal sort of emphasis on what got them to where they are and like where they are now lends weight, at least to me, to how big they are and how important they are. Um, and I feel like also because this is so much a Minho character study um, and Minho discovering things about his sexuality, Minho who goes from being like, an ally because he's being competitive about it. He's like, oh, if I'm going to support my very clearly gay member key, I'm going to do it so well to like many, 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 many years later being like, oh, maybe I am actually bisexual. Um, I don't know. I think the structure of the years and getting to see Minho's growth as a character, like all of that worked so well. And again, was paced so well. Everything felt like it held exactly the right amount of time and weight that it needed in order to move the story forward and make a really compelling story. This isn't specifically about structure, but one of the formal choices I really loved in this story is, um, actually, I noticed it pretty much right after it happened in the story, and I was like, whoa, uh, it switches to present tense right at the end. So most of this story is in the past tense, and then the 2022 section flips on over to the present. Um, that is the last Minho POV chapter of the story, and it is the chapter that corresponds with the year this fic was published. 
Um, I just thought that was so interesting. I didn't notice it in the first few sentences. Also, like, sometimes with fic, which does not have, like, professional editors or whatever, things do flip-flop around in terms of, like, tense. So I'm used to just skimming over it. And then I realized it was intentional. And I just really liked that. I don't know exactly what I make of it, aside from, like, now it's the present. Um, I do think some of it might have to do with Minho feeling more aligned with himself as a person and, like, learning things about himself and, like, feeling confident in who he is as opposed to how much of the previous chapters either allude to him having to go through stuff later and being like, you've got a big storm coming, Minho, or actively being confused and trying to figure out what he wants and who he is. Um, so I guess that would be my interpretation of it. But I think regardless, I really like it. Again, a lot of the authorial choices that were made here are not ones I see a ton in general, but especially in fic. And I think that they were smart and they were effective and that they were kind of ballsy, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, I don't know. I think there is a bravery to just trying some stuff out and seeing if it fits and just going for it with a story like this. I think just elevates it even beyond being just like a really good canon compliant story. I will say, I think one structure choice that maybe worked a little bit less well for me is that scattered throughout all of the chapters are these little flash forwards within parentheses, um, usually a direct reflection on whatever scene is happening. So if Minho is getting advice from his elder, like Yunho, it's it's a little parenthesis that says, like, at the time, Minho didn't understand what he was saying, but later he will come to see that Yunho was right, or he will understand the gravity of this moment, or it will take many years, but he will feel the emotions or whatever it is. Um, and I feel like I very much understand the impulse to want to sort of emphasize what is happening in that moment by showing not only the Minho of that year, but also how it will come and impact him so many years later. I think it just maybe impacted me a little bit less or worked a little bit less well for me. Because I knew that this was a fic that was going to go all the way up until the present, I kind of had the feeling of like, we're getting these flash forwards, but I'm I'm going to be in that, in that moment with that Minho at some point in this fic anyway. So I think like my personal preference is I feel like I would have rather seen those scenes as they were happening rather than to get these little flash forwards. Um, and even in saying that, like there were definitely lines and moments in there that like really got me. Uh, I think many of them are meant to be a sort of gut punch, and it definitely was effective in places. I just think like, yeah, if this was a story that was mostly rooted in the past and you wanted to have those flash forwards, I think that would have made more sense to me. But because I knew we were already going to get there, I sort of was like, I don't need you to, to flash forward. Like, I trust as the author that you will get me there with Minho. Like, I, I can be in the moment with Minho in 2008 and also fully feel the weight of this moment again in like 2018 or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I think I think that was just one of the choices that maybe worked a little bit less well for me. But again, I think there are so many smart choices that this author made that I really like. I do just want to briefly, again, kind of shout out that the epilogue is from Key's POV and that it's the um, odd numbered years. I thought that was so smart and I liked that so much. Um, just because some choices didn't work as well for me does not mean that like I did not enjoy the fic overall because I very much did. And there are, again, so many smart choices that were made. I think that's really fair, Reed. Like, it's something that did work for me, but I feel like as we were discussing it, I was also like, honestly, I could have gone either way. <laughs> um, like, I think I understand why the author made that choice. It's also the kind of choice that I feel like you see in fan fiction, but you don't really see in, like, published fiction. Unless it's Taylor Jenkins Reed. <laughs> Unless it's fucking Taylor <laughs> Jenkins Reed. Um, 
Sorry, this is a Taylor Jenkins Reid hate podcast. Yeah. Ace, 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 I like way more than um, Taylor Jenkins Reid as a writer. Oh, yeah, 100%. Not even close. Um, it's not even close. Daisy Jones and the Six is uh, a miserable book. Anyway. I'm a seven husband's <laughs> I hope you know this about me. Her, her stands are like going to come for us. I don't Let even care. Come. Her writing is bad and that's fine. Um. Yeah, I feel like this is this is the type of choice, especially like using the parentheses and stuff that feels very fan fiction to me. And I think that that's one of the reasons it worked for me here, because like, I'm reading fan fiction. But I was thinking about it, like, right now I'm reading this very long fantasy series, and the opening to each book is sort of from the character in like, what is ostensibly like the present day of that um series where he's like an old man and he's telling us like ah the stories of my youth and then we like go into the stories of his youth and i'm like okay i don't it. need <laughs> <laughs> like no part of me kind of needs that i guess it's reassuring to know that he doesn't die at the end of the series but i also kind of already knew that because these books are from like 28 years ago and i know that there's more after them yeah so i think like I think it's a common choice in books to sort of have this like, oh, and someone is telling us the stories of their youth as like an old person, which isn't really what's happening here. Like Minho also at the end is only like 31. (laughs) Um, He's not like 80 and writing his memoirs, um, which is, again, a Taylor Jenkins read choice. (laughs) Um, But I feel like it it did work for me in this, especially because some of the lines are such gut punches, but I think also it would have worked for me if it was just like, oh, and in 2018 or in 2020 or in 2022, we got to see Minho like reflecting on those. But I think also like, we'll get to this in a little bit, I think, but in terms of like the overall message that this fic is delivering about sort of truth and the multiple truths and multiple identities that you occupy as an idol, like it worked for me in that regard. Um... Yeah, so talking about character a little bit, um, this fic is from a Minho POV. I love Choi Minho. If you if you haven't been around me in the last like six months, maybe you don't know this about me. It's bad. Um, <laughs> would I say he's my alt bias at this point? Like probably. Wow. Um, which happened really rapidly. I I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, we established this last weekend that yeah. you love a camp counselor. <laughs> That's like your type. So he yeah, really fits. We, we did we did establish that now when people are like, what's your bias type in K-pop? It's the one who's a camp counselor, for sure. Um, and Minho is very much that within Shiny. Um, I really like the Minho characterization in this fic. I think it's, it's a bit different than other ones I've read. Um, and I think it definitely take some liberties with his character as all fan fiction does and I think all good fan fiction does um so that's definitely not a criticism um but I like when authors explore sort of like other sides of a character than what is often like the most forward presenting of their public persona um and especially in this fic and others like it that deal with canon verse like grappling with what do you give to the public versus what do you keep for yourself? This one does it a little bit less so than I think than others. Um, but it definitely explores like what is Minho's personal truth as Choi Minho versus like Chinese Minho. Um, Minho and Ki, I think as characters are both people who, when you first get into watching shiny content, like their personas and characterizations can seem a little bit one note, I think. Um, Like, oh, they always bicker in this way. Oh, this is sort of like their go-to 
presentations of personality um, that have kind of remained somewhat similar over the years. They've definitely changed as they've grown up and like become much more mature people as well as like instead of like the 18 year olds that they were at debut. Um, but I really like that this delves a little bit deeper, especially into like the more softer and sentimental side of Minho, which I think is something that you definitely can see as a fan, and especially in terms of his like loyalty and love for Shiny. Um, but I liked how this sort of took into account like he's a rather naive little guy when he comes into this world. And as much as he kind of thinks that he knows what's up and understands how to maneuver in inside SM and inside the world of idledom, like he doesn't really like none of them do. Um, and I really liked watching him grow up in this and he as well, but obviously we're inside Minaho's head. So we're getting the most of him. Um, I don't know. I just found it very tender. And like, I liked that, like you were aware that he makes mistakes and he like kind of puts his foot in his mouth a few times and says shit. That's like not the best as a teenager or like early 20 year old in this fic, I think is, which is very real, I think. Um, and I just really liked how that all was handled. And I liked the fact that, like, despite these awkward moments between Minho and Ki, or Minho and any of the other members, like, it's stuff that they're able to work through and we're able to see how their relationships continue to develop. Um, and again, like, how they continue to, like, choose to have those relationships work. One thing I do really love about this fic is that as much as it is a story about the relationship between Minho and Ki, it is also a story about Minho figuring out and coming to terms with and accepting his own sexuality. I thought it was really beautifully done, honestly. Um, we start out with, as has already been mentioned, Minho being like, what do you mean gay people exist in my vicinity? That seems whack. <laughs> Um, moving into I am a great ally to hey Kibum have you seen this pamphlet on anal sex <laughs> um, to <laughs> yeah yeah to hmm maybe I could hook up with this guy that seems good to uh oh I'm in love with Ki to I accept your confession um, spoilers that's kind of his arc and I thought that it was so well done. I think that the pacing of it was really, really good. I think that's a hard thing to pace well, honestly. It's such an internal thing, especially for Minho, who's not like out experimenting and stuff. He does date women in this story. Um, the author very kindly <laughs> says, oh, if you want to skip over his new like OC partner, I'm like, no, show me the girl. Don't be a coward. I'm sorry. No. That's, that no, is you're directed so right. at everyone. Don't be a coward. Read the OC. They're important. They're good okay. characters, too. Yeah. They're fun. We love women on this podcast. Don't get it we twisted. Do. And I really, sorry, just a little tangent. I appreciate that Ace, 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 like, wrote female OCs who had character mm -hmm. to them. And they are also definitely not there to just push Minho towards Key. Like, that is not the purpose of them. And I really appreciate no, that. No, agree. Yeah, or to just be in the way. It's yeah, like, they, exactly. they weren't plot devices. They were, like, genuine parts of Minho's story. And I thought that was nice. Um, but yeah, I just think it was so... I think there can be a really strong tendency in fandom to write certain kinds of coming out narratives um, because there are just a lot of archetypal ways to do it. And we have a lot of media examples on television and in like books, especially like YA books, right, that look at, okay, this is how coming out happens. Either it's really great and everyone is so happy and you have a little bit of internal conflict, but it's like perfect and beautiful and like you always knew and you just had to find a way to say it. Or you are disowned by like your entire community and the only person that supports you is your lover who's also gay. Um, 
And I like how subtle and nuanced this particular journey was. I like that while Minho definitely was struggling to figure out what he wanted for himself, he wasn't like down in the dumps about his queerness necessarily. There is a real cheerfulness to his relationship with Jihoon and the military that I love. So all of that, I just really appreciate as a queer reader, as a queer podcaster, as we're talking about stuff. Like it's really nice, I think, to get some variations on what this kind of a story can look like because as we know, there are a million different ways. I love Jihoon from the military. Both in that I love like the way that that, I guess, like narrative arc played out, but also just as a character, he was really good. And I was really mm-hmm. kind of delighted that at the end too, even with the like Minki getting together that you find that he and Minho are still friends, that they still text. And I think also as part of like Minho's journey, um, even as he's sort of figuring out things about his own sexuality, again, his allyship I found kind of funny, but not in a bad way. Like, it's really just like, it's so well-meaning. It's so like, he got the spirit or like the, are you winning son? Like really feels like Minho at key in the early days. <laughs> um, but we get like mm-hmm. much later into the fic, right? We get into the enlistment period of his life where he is experimenting with Jihoon and is like, I want to figure out my feelings. And like in the middle of that, where he's like, I guess made progress in that way, he sees Taemin, who has like this like absolutely lovely gender conversation, um, where basically Taemin is like, I I don't know, I have a body, and people tell me that like I'm a guy, and guys should do these things, but like I kind of am just me. I just want to do the things that interest me and whatever. And I loved that whole conversation. I loved that it was happening with like a Dragon Ball video game playing in the background. Like the setting of it was so good. But like in that thing, as like Minho's listening, he goes, is this a transgender thing? And that made me like laugh out loud because it felt, again, so true to Minho's journey, like his well-meaning allyship where he was like, okay, I don't fully get this, but like, I I want to, and I want to support you. Um, and it feels like the way that he was talking to Taemin kind of feels very similar to the ways that he was talking to Ki like a decade earlier as he was trying to learn more and be better about like being friends with and, and being in a group with a member who is gay. Um, I don't know. I liked his progression so much and also found him like very funny again at parts in a way that was enjoyable. Yeah, I think something that works really well for me about Minho's journey here is like he is kind of bumbling at the beginning, but it feels really realistic and things that like it would make sense for him to be ignorant about. Like it doesn't feel overly exaggerated in terms of what he is ignorant about. It's just like literally stuff he hasn't encountered before or had any reason to think about. And I know that there are a lot of fics that deal with like sort of later in life coming out journeys, but I don't know. I think this one felt very relatable in a lot of ways and I like that even like when Minho sort of comes to terms with these various things about himself he's still like kind of an idiot about some (laughs) stuff (laughs) like it's in the middle of Minho's like you know figuring out his own sexuality during his enlistment years where he's also like gender I guess that's a thing too um about with Taemin and I don't know I think it really does show like Minho is a very genuine person through all of this and like someone who you can very much tell wants to understand and support his members and his friends um, even when he like doesn't. And I think it's also I like that even when Minho does kind of put his foot in his mouth or do things that are insensitive to other members, it's never malicious. Like he never uses these things to hurt other people. It's always sort of his own ignorance or just like kind of not understanding the multiple layers of what he might say or how it could be interpreted by someone else, which feels so authentic to just, like, a human experience. Um, 
like, I know I and probably both of you have had numerous experiences where you say something and then later you're like, oh, fuck, like that was probably taken totally the wrong way because in my brain it meant this one thing and out loud it probably sounded totally different. And that happens to Minho numerous times throughout this fic. Um, and I think that also like makes sense with him as a person. Like, I think Minho's sort of persona characteristics are that he's like uber competitive and like kind of loud and like boisterous and I mean like when they had to make up little sort of taglines for their for their for themselves when they debuted his is like flaming charisma (laughs) which is absolutely hysterical (laughs) um and I feel like he's he's much more mellow these days I think than he was early in shiny but I think he is someone who just sort of goes through the world a little bit, like, not necessarily with, like, blinders on, but just, like, very straightforward on his path. Um, And so I like the moments in this where he is forced to sort of look around him and confront what else is going on with other people. Um, But I think it's also something that's, like, hard for him to reckon with throughout this. I think a lot of the later chapters are about sort of him realizing how much he did that as a young person in his relationships. And... That that regards, like, you know, his own relationship with himself and his sexuality, how he's spoken to Ki, how he's spoken, spoken to Junghyun, who's also, like, bisexual in this fic, um, how he's, how, what he said that maybe Taemin took the wrong way. There's not really much that he says to Onu <laughs> that it could be taken the wrong way. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, like, in the 28 Cheating chapter, there's a lot of him dealing with grief and, like, thinking back on could I have done things differently is there something I could have said or done um but I think it handles that really well as well and that's something so we, we can get into on its own terms um but I think this fic handles that well in terms of like balancing a realistic portrayal of grief and like losing someone you really love and wondering if you could have done something differently with also like Minho's character as someone who is rather like cheerful most of the time um and like, as someone who has gone on to do more with Shiny. And, like, I don't want to say, like, moved on. Like, I don't think that's right. But, like, learned how to balance uh, his various feelings on, like, being a member of Shiny that's now a four-person unit instead of five. Yeah. I think, first, if I if there's anything I took away from Minho, or about Minho from this story, it's that he tries really hard at everything yeah. all the time. There's no dimmer yeah. switch whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, which I do respect a lot. Um, And I think, yeah, like turning our attention over towards the 2018 chapter, I was really impressed at how warm it felt as I was reading. Like you can really feel that there is a lot of care and love that was put into writing it in a way that would be genuine and authentic to the experience of grief without being overly sensationalizing or overly like using it for angst. I put air quotes around that. Um, Like, I think there are so many ways that a story about a real life tragedy can go very wrong. Um, And I could feel how careful Ace, 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 Ace was in this particular telling of it Um, and how much hope there is imbued. There's a section where um, Kibam and Minho are talking to each other. And Kibam basically is like, I look after Taemin, you look after Onu, we look after each other. And like that was so touching to me um, to be able to kind of read this way that they were able to create kind of systems of care 
through their grief. I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I appreciated that being included. And it's a thread that gets carried through throughout the fic as well. Um, after that point of them kind of looking after each other and checking in on each other. Um, if the pitch is shiny as a family, I think that this story really does justice to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Nick, when you were talking, something that was really standing out to me is, again, like that idea of authenticity. Um, I think like what we've been saying this whole time is that this feels like a really realistic story. Again, Ace, 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 Ace is not saying this is what happened. These are the real feelings. But they feel real, I think, to life experiences in Minho's bumbling through many sort of different um growths in his life like in this chapter about grief it felt very yeah again not sensationalized and a lot of things hit home because they felt very real i think to a sort of i don't want to say like universal experience of grief because i know that grief can be a very individual thing and manifests in a lot of different ways and looks like a lot of different things but yeah i just i think i just wanted to emphasize that i appreciate how much ace 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 held this chapter and like these themes like with care and in a way that like hit hard but didn't feel like they were just trying to make you feel miserable or anything like that it just felt real and true and i think that gave it its own weight absolutely and i think like throughout this fic it really feels like the author holds a lot of like love for these characters and i think like for the people they're based on as well you know like there's sort of that duality between who is the real person out in the world and who is the sort of character that we're writing about but it really feels like ace ace ace, ace cares so much about both and i don't know like their journey being shallow i don't know their feelings on these members individually but you could just tell that there was this sense of like yeah, care and like careful handling of them. And I think that's one of the things that really came through with the 2018 chapter as well. Like Nick, you sort of mentioned that there was this like warmth to it. And I feel like part of that was like, it felt like there was this sense of like love for the members and for Jonghun like coming from the author as well that I like really appreciated. And I think that it feels very like representative of sort of a particular sort of present shawl feeling of like not wanting to dismiss what happened but also like still having this like love and care in your heart um i don't know i just like really appreciated that uh and like not to get too real for a second but i think like the conversation around mental health in k-pop and like the k-pop industry like is something that a discussion that i think has become a little bit more open in recent years, but like still has a very long way to go. And I think it's kind of important to not just zoom past these occurrences. And I think like there's a there's obviously a delicate balance as a fan between being able to like talk about something and not trigger yourself or like take care of your own emotions as well, because these are really heavy topics and things that can be very difficult to discuss, um, especially if you're someone who has struggled with mental health in your own life or have close ones who have um but i don't know i think i also appreciate that this while this does skip over like 2017 when the members lost jonghun like it doesn't skip over their grief and i think it's really important to not because not just for like the narrative of shiny but like as a k-pop fan to like kind of acknowledge how hard this is and like how many more resources idols need because there are people like Minho who just come across as people who haven't really struggled in the same ways and I don't know if that's true or not but that's certainly like the 
outward persona that he puts up. Um, and then there are many people in the industry who have who do struggle. And I don't know, I think for me, it was just important to acknowledge that aspect here in a sensitive manner. And like, as fans just like continue to advocate for the best for the idols that you care about um because this isn't the only time that someone within the k-pop industry has taken their life and it's obviously within sort of larger performance and music industries as well it's not it's not unique to k-pop but it's always a tragedy and i think like something that we need to be conscientious of of as fans yeah and to zoom out almost even further I think one question that this fic does grapple with a bit that I think a lot of us do is like, how do we take care of each other and like care for one another? Um, and that is a question that many of us don't always feel equipped to answer because we are just frequently not taught how to care for other people, how to accept care from people, how to express our needs or know what they are in the first place. So yeah, I think just kind of like tagging on to what Brenna's saying there, I always appreciate a story that is willing to grapple with and like wonder about that because it is something that is so present in so many of our lives. Yeah, I think with that, Nick, like with what you were saying and also what Bren was saying about um, like w within the context of this fic, sort of as they are processing their grief and dealing with it, you get Minho and Ki actively checking in on each other and designating like, okay, you look after Jinky, I'll look after Taemin and the sort of unspoken and we will look after each other. And even as time moves forward and maybe the setting or the scenes are less about the immediate grief, that remains like those check-ins with each other and that inherent care. Um, and I really, I really appreciated the way that that kept showing up uh, sort of like towards the end of the fic, like right before they're getting together. Ki invites Minho on a vacation and Minho's like, what is this about? Like you, that this is so out of character for you. And at first Key is like, oh, I already had this trip planned and a friend canceled. And Minho's like, you're lying. Like, what is this? And Key was like, you just seem sad. You seem down and I would like to be there for you. Um, and there are different lines in the fic about Minho thinking about how previous he might've brushed it off. He might've tried to be like, no, like I'm fine. Or like, oh, I'm a little bit sad, but it's okay. And like actually stopping to take stock of himself and how he is and coming back with like, yes, you're right. I am sad right now, but I'm also, I'm okay. Like, I appreciate that you're checking in and like, yes, I'm willing to be taken care of, but also I don't want you to have to worry too much. I just really appreciated the way that that played out, I think, um, and how that just built already into Minho's existing dynamic, not just with Key, but with the other members as well. I loved that trip. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole story. I know it's toward the end. It's so cute. I am Minkiest based on this specific scene. Uh, wow. They're in love. Amen. Amen. Um, from, yeah, from like Keith falling asleep on Minho's shoulder on the ferry to like the two of them really talking around stuff to like who's Han Ji Hoon. And Minho's like, how the hell do you even know that name? He's like, I saw your phone. You were texting someone. <laughs> Uh, I do want to uh, just give a little bit of credit to this key as well, who is spiky and prickly and kind of bombastic in certain ways, but also withdrawn and quiet in others and like so weirdly hard to reach from Minho's perspective at times, except that Minho is someone who doesn't seem to really take that for an answer 
and just keeps going. And so they're finally able to sort of reach each other. I just thought it was so lovely. It was a really cool way to see like the two of them together, but grown up. And the way that we still get echoes of what we saw back in like 2006, 2008, 2010, 2012. Um, But also they felt older. This is another thing I wanted to say. It's so hard to write characters that like age up over time in a way that feels realistic. Uh, I just think it's hard to do. So I was really impressed too, by the way. And I, a lot of this, I think, comes down to being able to see a lot of the content. Ace, 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 Ace links so many things in the author's notes. If you want to know more about Shiny, read this fic and also look at the media links in the notes. And then you'll know all kinds of things about Shiny. But yeah, just as like two adult dudes who have a ton of history together going on this trip kind of being open about their emotions what else could you possibly want in a scene leading up to a love confession literally nothing it's perfect thank you let's talk about when they're otters i was just gonna say i want to talk about <laughs> okay. when they're otters yeah can we <laughs> i'm Wait, take it away oh me take it away <laughs> sure or i can no, you, you were like i just want to talk about it go for it oh you're wailing like with your voice <laughs> You're, I was just thinking about the ocean because oh, they're on the ocean. No, we love the, <laughs> we we love the whales and we're not going whaling. <laughs> I do love whales. I have one tattooed on me, but no, I meant I'm whaling. W-A-I-L. Don't be whaling, Reed. <laughs> Bren, tell us about the otters. Yeah, so there's a, I was going to say there's an episode. There's a chapter where um, they are, all shiny are in LA for a concert. And in the evening, Minho really wants to like go out and explore and none of the other members like really do except for Key. And they end up going to the beach at night. Um, and they go swimming in the ocean. And Minho's like, can we be otters? And Key's like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> um, Minho's like, can we just like float on our back? and like hold hands it is so fucking cute and tender it's like i don't know not even in like a romantic sense i just found this like the best thing and especially how minho's like oh he mentioned it to his brother once and his brother made fun of him so he's like never expressed this like secret childhood desire ever again except for to key who he knows and like might make fun of him but not in like a real genuine way like not in an actual like deep cutting way and he's safe to like ex- like experience this like childhood dream and comfort and it's so cute and i want to cry a million tears into the pacific ocean Key's gonna like roll his eyes at minho but he's gonna do it while he's actively taking minho's hands and like getting on his back and cuddling up to be otters and it's so uh... and then they do it again as adults <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. This is just years Brent and, and I wailing later. and like chucking ourselves off screen and then coming back to wail again. It's so cute. And like, I think one thing I loved about the first instance of it too is like the fact that they are doing it in a place that's not home makes it feel so not to be read, but like liminal. Like this moment where they, it's like just the two of them and they can be something or someone other than what they actually are, which is like famous Minki who bicker all the time. Like they can just have a sweet moment and that's allowed. Like a break from reality in a sense. And that also feels aligned with the title where like maybe the truth is that they're just bickering all the time. And maybe the truth is that there is like this deep love and affection and care for one another. And maybe the truth is that they're just otters in the Pacific Ocean. <sighs> Was it the Pacific? I think I can't yeah, remember. They're in LA. I, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about the Pacific Ocean in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> We're all familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about it. Yeah. Oh, it's just so good. 
Also, like, I currently, not to, like, dox myself, I currently live in a place that's very well known for sea otters, and I just love them! They're so freaking cute! And now when I look out and I see them holding little hands floating in the waves together, I'm gonna think of Minky and be emotional. When Nick and I went to visit you in January and the three of us just sat on a bench passing a set of binoculars back and forth so we could all take turns (laughs) looking at the otters holding hands in the waves and just cried... I do want to talk more about this scene with them holding hands, like being otters as adults, um, because there's so much in it that's so good. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Ki invites Minho on this vacation, and the reason that Minho has been feeling kind of sad is because Minho has had this great realization that he loves Ki and has always felt differently about Ki, but feels sure that Ki doesn't love him back. Spoilers, he does. It's fan fiction. (laughs) Um, But because Ki had spent so many years being like, Minho is not my type, etc., um, so Minho's just kind of grappling with, like, the the weight of his love, basically. They're at this rental on an island, um, and they go out into the water, and the water's very cold, and I want to just read a little bits of this. So Ki goes, something shouldn't stay private, and he's opening the door for Minho to talk about what's on his mind, but Minho doesn't feel ready in that moment. So then the fic goes, something shouldn't, he agrees, and that's it. Kibum nods and lets the opening close. Instead, he finds one of Minho's arms in the water, his hand sliding down to circle his wrist. With a little tug, he pulls them closer together. Want to be otters again? Minho's throat tightens, affection <laughs> swelling up so much in his chest it's hard to breathe. Sometimes, Kiba makes it all too easy to love him. He finds his voice. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I do want to say the line, he finds Minho's arm in the water, is really ominous with no additional context. Well, okay, Hearing Nicole. you read it out loud. But like, there, wow. there was context in every part of there what was. he was yeah. saying. Yeah, it's so. incredibly romantic. I was just like, oh, dang, imagine. Way to bring down the mood. <laughs> yeah, Nick, please. That's my job on this We're podcast. We're having a minkiest time. And... I have to make everything slightly worse. <laughs> it happens. Oh, it's so sweet. It's so good. It's so earnest. And like... The earnestness feels so much more impactful with the two of them, especially like having seen their development over time, having seen their first ever incredibly inauspicious conversation. Like, wow, what a start to a relationship. Like, I'm assuming you think I'm shallow and talentless and oh, I'm assuming that you're going to bully me for being gay. Like, my God, how did they get here? But we saw it and it's so it feels so earned. And I love that so much. I brought the mood back up. You're welcome. You did. Thank you. One other thing that I really love that felt like a very sweet emotional beat throughout this story and a very sweet kind of connecting point for Minki was uh, there is a hat in this story that is very thematically relevant and important Um, early, early on in Shiny and in their relationship and them knowing each other. They go shopping and Ki tries on a bunch of hats, including this one kind of like ostentatious black hat that he loves and is like, I should buy this. And he looks at the price tag and goes, haha, never mind, and puts it back. So true, Ki. (laughs) We've all been there. Um, But then later on, I believe it's Ki's birthday. He, um, Minho goes back and is like, I'm getting this hat for him. He keeps it for a long time, finally presents it to him. And I, that's really the first time Minho sees Ki uncomplicatedly happy because of something Minho did. And that was such a momentous moment in this story for Minho to be like, wow, look at him. He's so happy. That like felt like one of the first glimmers of their potential future relationship, even though Minho's like, I'm a straight ally, giving my bro a hat. 
wow, making a gay guy happy is so ally of me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was just a really touching moment. And I think it felt so emblematic of their character development and relationship development over the course of the story, that they found ways to give each other moments of happiness, even though it seems like, especially in the beginning, their natural inclination is actually closer to like hurting each other um, in whatever way that looks. The, like, Minky gift-giving is also so canonical. Like, I don't know about this hat in particular, but it is very canon that, like, he tells Minho exactly what he wants as a birthday gift every year, and Minho gets it, and Minho is much more like, I want you to, like, intuit what I want. And Kibum's like, can't you just tell me what you want? And there's an I Live Alone episode where he takes Minho shopping to buy Minho a birthday present. Um, Yeah. It's a lot for me personally. And then also the episode where they're on like Minho's radio show and Minho has like bought Key like a bag as a like gift for coming on the show. But first he gives him like a fake gift and he is so affronted. And then his face when he opens the real gift is so priceless. And he's like, I wore an outfit to match it. Oh my god. Anyway, that's just the Virgoisms. Canon Minky lore that I fucking love. Um Anyway, they're my favorites. Um, not to sound like too tin hatty. I know th- I know they're not in love. Well, I hmm. <laughs> they love each other. I know that they're not yeah. in love. Um, unless, unless maybe it's the truth. <laughs> maybe it's the truth. Anyway, yeah, I do want to talk about the title and sort of that theme a little bit because. I'm someone who kind of ignores titles. Um, I think we know this on this podcast. I also am really bad at remembering titles unless it's something that we've talked about multiple times or I've like wailed at my friends about. It takes me like saying something numerous times for it to stick in my head. And that's not, like, that's with a lot of things. I'm bad at like names and books. I'm bad at like song titles. Like this stuff just doesn't stick in my head super well. So I was thinking about it a lot more upon this reread because it's such a through line with this fic, like the concept of like, what is the truth? And like, maybe this is the truth. Maybe that is the truth. Um, And it comes up in the first chapter. So there's sort of a random scene that this fic starts out with before we even go back to like 2006, where it's like 2012 and Minho's sitting with like a couple of his like uh, SM youngs um, talking about their careers. And it's like a few years into Shiny, but like a lot more years into these other people's careers. Um, And like one of them sort of like, yeah, there's like multiple truths that you have. There's the truth that you have with yourself, with your sort of co-workers, with your members, with your family. And Minho's like, ah, there's one truth. Like the truth is a singular thing. Like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Um, and so one of the things that Minho sort of has to learn throughout this fic is like the multiplicity of truth um, and how you can hold multiple things to be true at any one time and how those truths can be both singular and different all at the same time for you and for your relationships with other people. And I just really love that because I think that is such an important part of like growing up and like an important part of like, not even just within idledom, but just like of being a human is realizing that like there can be multiple truths to a situation and to your relationship with someone. And that like, while you may have a truth, they might have a different truth. And like those can be held together. Like not one thing has to be the only right answer to something. Um, And 
I don't know. I just really like that overall as a theme, both about like fame and idoldom, but also just about, yeah, again, like growing up and relationships and how you make relationships with people work, um, both platonically and romantically. And I just thought it was an excellent like theme for Ace, 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 Ace to choose for this fic um, and one that I like really resonated with, especially on this reread. Yeah, the idea that the truth can and will change over the course of your life, I feel like is so important. Like, this goes back to what I was talking about around the coming out narrative. But like early days, Minho, was he still like bisexual? Maybe like he had the potential to locate bisexuality within himself and he had like attraction. (laughs) But also like his truth when he was young was that he was straight. And I feel like it's a really interesting take on like okay, like he has more to figure out and learn about himself, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your truth at any given moment in your life is like invalid just because you're going to learn something else. Like I think fluidity is something that this fic did really well. And I appreciate, like, I don't know, the title is so smart. It's so good. It operates on so many levels. This idea that we're all just trying to figure out what is and feels true at any given moment and that it can be many, many things all at once. Um, And that that's what we orient our lives around really and like shape our narratives and things around it's so good on a story level on a formal level on a craft level a character level and a human level wow what a title all right so this episode is a little shorter than our standard three fic episodes that's usually the case with a one fic episode (laughs) um but even so i feel like we got into a lot of what makes this fic a standout fic for me and one that I wanted to bring as a for your consideration. I hope you've considered it now listening to this episode for over an hour at this point. Please continue to consider it. Um, consider Minky. Consider Minky. Consider being Shaul. Consider Shiny. Consider it all. <laughs> consider the truth. Consider the truth. Absolutely. Um, so this has been our discussion of Maybe the Truth by Ace, 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 uh, a very thoughtful, heartfelt, and well-done, canon-compliant, shiny fic um, that I really enjoyed talking about today with my co-hosts. Thank you for listening to this episode of FitClick. We hope you enjoyed it, and we are assuming that you have, because we never put out a bad episode. If you'd like to come hang out with us, you can do so in a variety of places. Um, We're on Twitter at FitClick, and we'll be other places on the internet soonish, we hope. We're working on it, Um, both because Twitter becomes increasingly unstable, but also just to have a better central hub. So just sort of Keep your keep your eyes out. No, ears. Just listen. Just listen out. We'll have other places to find us soon. But for the moment, just pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll put it up on Twitter and in the Discord and stuff when we sort of have other places to find us. But for the moment, where you can find us is Twitter. You can also reach us via email at ficklickpod at gmail.com. You can um, join our aforementioned Discord, which is linked on our Twitter. It is a lovely, lovely, very multi-fandom place. Um, yeah. The hottest place on the internet. Some would say, including us. Ranked number one by Forbes. <laughs> Ranked number one by us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and some other people. There are a number of ficlets who have said it is one of their favorite places to fandom or exist on the internet. One of them works for Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> they do <Maybe>. now. <laughs> Assigned working at Forbes by Ficklick. And we've given you a new job. In this economy, be thankful.
If you would like to financially support FitClick, there are a couple ways you can do so. We do have a Ko-Fi um, where you can just donate to us. Um, this doesn't come with any additional perks. It just comes with you feeling like you've supported us. Thank you. We um, will write you a thank you message. Yeah. Like immediately. Semi-immediately. Pretty immediately. <laughs> You can also buy merch from us on Redbubble. Um, exclusive news breaking news. I am planning to <laughs> I am planning to take down our Redbubble shop at some point in the not too distant future. So if there's something that you really love on there, you can consider buying it now. Um, and if there's anything that you would like the logo on that isn't up currently, I think like one person mentioned a blanket, I can put that up for you in the near future. Um, we are going to have other avenues for future merch. So this is not the end of Thick Click merch. We are just transitioning. So you can also save your money and buy stuff from us in the future. Um, but if there's a particular item that you really love now, just wanted to give you a heads up that maybe it's a good time to purchase it. One thing that helps our little pod to grow is word of mouth and also reviews. If you want to share the gospel of FitClick, oh god, it's a religion now. <laughs> that was not intentional. It's a religion in the sense that the dancing statue in MDZS, the novel volume one, and also the beginning of The Untamed, is religious. People believed in and loved it, and it gained powers. We have powers now, Ficklets. Like Tinkerbell. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can always spread the news if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else online that you want to talk about us and say how cool we are and that people should listen. That helps a ton. And we also know through our stats that word of mouth is just the biggest way. Sharing the podcast, telling people about it. Um, I personally recommend including it in your confession if you plan to speak to your crush anytime soon. Oh, um, I thought you meant like your pastor. <laughs> that too. Either way. If you have to confess love or sin, you should mention Ficklick. We got your back. Ficklets, we do have two exciting things on our radar uh, coming up soon, and one of them is our anniversary. It is going to be our fourth anniversary, and following trend from past years, or at least last year, um, we are opening up a Google form to get some feedback from you all. Uh, things like any thoughts you have on the past year of FitClick, any particular standout moments or episodes, um, things you might like to see from us in the future, all that good stuff. Uh, if you have really any thoughts that you would like to share from this past year of FitClick or previous years, I guess, but we'll mostly be focusing on this past year, um, you can tell us them and we will talk about them on our anniversary episode. The Google form is live right now. It is up and linked on our Twitter and also our Discord. It will be open for two weeks exactly. So it will be closing on September 15th, probably sometime in the evening Pacific time. If you have any thoughts or passionately strong feelings you would like to share, we would really love to hear from you. We do have one other very exciting update. Um, we've probably mentioned this on in the Discord or on Twitter at this point. I don't know. We're recording this in advance of it coming out, so who knows mm -hmm. what we've done at any given time. Um, but we are going to be hosting a panel at the Geek Girl Convention uh, in Seattle, Washington in October. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah, this is going to be our first in-person panel and event. If you have any interest in visiting us in Seattle, Washington on the weekend of October 7th and 8th, we're going to be there and we'd love yes, to see you. Are. Um, <laughs> 
we currently, as of the time of recording, don't have much more information than that. Um, but there should be information up on the Geek Girl Con website either now or very soon. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Our next episode will be coming out on September 15th, and we are back to our regular format. Brenna, what fic are you bringing for it? My pick for our next episode is No Reservations Narnia by Edona Hanna. Uh, this is a crossover gen fic between the fandoms Anthony Bourdain No Reservations and The Chronicles of Narnia. Reed, what are you bringing next episode? My pick for next time is A Wee Monster Problem by Isis. The fandom is The Witcher video game. The pairing is Siri slash Ceres. We are talking about ladies this time with this franchise. It is a post-canon fic, and I'm very excited to talk about it. Nick, what are you bringing? My fic for next episode is A Temporary Fix by AO3 user Bosgood. This is a fic for the fandom The Untamed, and it is Jen. The primary characters that it focuses on are Wenqing, Wenning, and Wei Wuxian. Ficklets, do you want to be otters? Bye! Ficklets, I'm off to think about the truth of my own being and persona, um, and definitely not cry in therapy next time. Are you going to say bye? Yeah, bye. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing coming to my mind is, Ficklets, I'm gay, bye. (laughs) That's nothing. (laughs) 